31st of March is International Trans Day of Visibility, and it's a great day to celebrate the awesomeness of trans and gender diverse people. Back on International Women's Day, 3CR aired a program, a special from out of the pan called um, Awesome Trans Women, and we thought what a good idea it would be to give it another run on Friday the 31st of March. So here it is, and thanks to The Sewer Show for having a breather for a week and giving us a chance to play it again. Trans and gender diverse awesomeness of all genders is a very good thing. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU and on demand. Thanks to tuning in to an international international. We'll start that again. An international Women's Day special for Out of the Pan on three um, CR. I'm Sally Goldner, um, and Out of the Pan is a show that covers um, pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, which very much um, includes um, issues um, faced by all diverse women as best as I am, I and perhaps other guests can speak for you, speak to those issues, sorry. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show and um, I can get to feedback in a future Out of the Pan, you can do so, outofthepan855 at gmail.com, um, text 61401078981, tweet at Sal Gold said so, and well, touch of masculinity and that's the bottom line and um, also leave messages for me perhaps on my personal page on Facebook. Um, so great to be here, haven't done an IWD show in a couple of years so good to be back doing it and well, today's theme for International Women's Day is um, Awesome Trans Women which covers every trans woman ever past, present and future. Someone said to me a couple of years ago given what trans people, and that includes, of course, trans men and non-binary, go through, um, they said, it's amazing there's any trans people living at all. And so I want to dedicate this show right off the top to every, as I say, to every trans woman, past, present and future, um, but really to the whole trans and gender diverse community. And that's why I picked this theme of trans awesomeness. I also want to say I totally, hugely, 150 trillion percent acknowledge the negativities that we face, but I think it's important on the flip side of things, in, in my best balanced Libran voice, to look at the positives, look at the awesome trans people, the people whose creativity and genius uh, make the world a better place despite all the odds that um, trans people go through. So really, really, really want to talk about that. The other thing I do want to say is this is there is no... I haven't sort of had a judging panel or anything put together to do this. Uh, you know, it's I'm just trying to do a diverse sample. It's not like the people I'm going to talk about are maybe, say, the top five or top ten awesome trans women. I want to talk about a lot of people and point out the um, awesomeness of trans women in the face of huge adversity. 
Well, let's dive in then. And well, there's one trans woman who has long, for a long time, been one of my sort of international heroes, and that's Lynn Ann Conway, born January 2, 1938, coming up for 80, an amazing um, person, or oh, 80 next year, um, 79 and holding as a song almost went, um, an American computer scientist, electrical engineer, inventor, and trans activist, according to Wikipedia. Um, that's their words. I don't know if they're Lynn's. Um, she... Um, um, you know, sort of, as we said, born in 1938. Um, she built a huge, uh, she built a telescope one summer, which I um, had forgotten about that bit. Um, she um, tried to transition as early as 1957-8, remembering that one of the first more publicised um, transitions of the modern era was Christine Jorgensen reported on 1st of December 1952 in the New York Times, um, I suppose you could say she's a bit of a hero for giving some visibility, um, you know, just for that alone. Um, but she then finally got um, some varying degrees in the early 1960s. She was recruited by IBM um, and joined the architecture team. Um, was Seth, Seth Rawlins' parents there? No, um, that's a WWE reference. In designing an advanced um, supercomputer um, along with others, and um, the ACS project appears to have been the first super scalar design. Now, I just hope my laptop turns on, so don't ask me to explain that. Any um, IT geeks out there, please let me know. <laughs> but um, she then realised she could transition, and um, you know, she um, unfortunately was terminated by IBM, which is pretty damn sad after doing some amazing work and having that having that genius. So she then eventually did transition and heard about the um, pioneering researcher Harry Benjamin. And um, sadly, um, she was also married and denied access to her children. And in the legal context of the time, she was denied access, yeah, because simply because she transitioned. Um, and she, IBM fired, as I said, Lynn in 1968. Um, she then took a new name and identity and restarted her career, as we say in the trans community, in stealth, not um, talking about her trans past, which I think it always has to be you know, affirmed that anyone's in stealth, particularly in earlier times, I suppose, when, look at what just happened. You do a brilliant job and you get fired. I mean, on the to use a parallel to gay males, think of Alan Turing and what he went through, cracking the German code in World War II and then you know, being put on drugs. Um, and she started at another company, Computer Applications Limited, and then Memorex, and then Xerox. And obviously her genius was very quickly um, noted. And um, again, don't ask me about computers. She co-authored Introduction to VLSI Systems, a groundbreaking work that would still soon become a standard textbook in chip design. Um, now, we know lots of queers are geeks, but, um, you know, this is capital city of geek country as far as as far as I can tell. Um, and um, so she, she did lead an absolute revolution. And her computing um, sort of, um, um, you know, his um, achievements, they're just too, they're almost too much to read out. She went um, to work for the Defence Department um, and... Um, a colleague um, in the 80s said Lynn would like to live five lives in the course of one life and she's charismatic and energetic. She figures out a way so everybody wins. See, there's some um, great leadership skills that um, trans brains that go beyond the limits of gender 
can come up with. She then joined the University of Michigan in the mid-80s um, and, um, you know, there was also a career memoir in 2012. So very, very awesome. Um, and then what happened on the trans front was in the late 90s, a reporter going back looking at some declassified documents on the IBM breakthroughs in the late 60s, um, you know, sort of was trying to piece together the picture and obviously talk to people, get the inside goss, so to speak, and one day gets a call from Lynn Conway. But, of course, <clears throat> Lynn was at IBM under whatever the male name was and no-one knows, and, of course, we don't care because we don't dead-name people. And the reporter's going, hang on, how come you know so much about this? <clears throat> Mark Smotherman was the reporter. And so she began to come out uh, out of stealth in 1999 um, and then... Um, there were profiles in around 2000 and 2001. And she's just, I think, to me personally, I suppose maybe it's, you know, closer to my era. I mean, not quite as close. She's born 1938. I'm a middle-aged pan chook, born in 1965. Um, but I think Lynn's story says so much about, you know, how much people have to go through. You know, you, even if you do a great job, there's the old saying, of course, um, that, you know, when you face, um, when... Um, you have to deal with barriers. You have to be. Um, you can't just be equal. You have to be better than the people who put down the barriers in the first place. Well, Lynn seems pretty better to me. It still went through all that stuff and still came out the end. So she survived and she's revered. I think, as I say, both seriously and I will say, IT circles, but also you could say um, in um, trans circles as well. I personally find her amazing. I've had the honour of chatting to her many years ago. She's just a lovely, lovely person. Um, I think very at peace, and I think she has managed to get some reconnection with her children, which is pretty awesome, um, and that's something that trans people do miss out on. I've got to give a, a mention to one of my dear friends, um, Lynette McDonald, the co-founder of Trans Family, who finally reconnected um, with her grandson, um, her trans daughter's um, son, um, a, a last year, and there were, I think, four or five generations of the family all together for the first time. And so, you know, people like, well, Lynn must be, must be something about that, whether it's a cis or trans woman, um, Lynn being the mother of a trans woman, not the trans woman themselves, but Lynn Conway, um, absolute pioneer. And it just shows the amazing genius of trans people and like Alan Turing, gay. And, well, we make jokes about the amount of IT geekery in the queer community. I think um, there's, that's probably the tip of the iceberg. And um, great to see it recognised. So there's an awesome trans woman to get us underway on this International Women's Day special. Um, an awesome trans woman who's a musician is Jade Starr, and who I believe it has some new music coming out soon. This one goes all the way back to 2002, um, and um, Jade, um, you know, has to put out a few albums, but um, so many trans people face what Jade's about to sing about. A conundrum. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the Pan International Women's Day special with Sally. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Militantly, never you fear! Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line, 
Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 855am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Come celebrate the collective achievements of working women past, present and future at the Women's Rights at Work Festival, March 1 through 9. Events include Feminist Book Club, The Rock and Frock Scala, Breakfast with Anne Summers, Feminist Politics in the Pub, a Women's Footy Clinic, Feminist Activist Skills Workshops and a Conference to Stop Gendered Violence in the Workplace. Also join us for the International Women's Day Rally, 5.30pm on March 8th. Contact the women's team at Trades Hall or visit unionwomen.org.au for more details. Victoria Trades Hall Council and the Victorian Trades Hall Women's Team are 3CR supporters. 3CR supporters indeed, 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand on International Women's Day. <coughs> oh, sorry, why did that? Why does it have to come up at the wrong time? And also, of course, um, the union movement proudly and increasingly and broadeningly supporting the rainbow communities as well. Um, you know, trades hall, lots of great events. I wish I could get to them all half the time, but um, you know, um, sometimes time does not permit. Well, um, we started, I suppose, with you know someone born in 1938 being Lynn Conway on this fa- um, special of International um, Women's Day, and I thought, well, let's you know jump around all over the place because we can. It's um, what we do, and talk about going to the other end of the spectrum. One of the things that um, I've got to say personally is of just great joy to me is to see trans people beginning to come out younger and younger. I know it's not a, an objective research-based measure, but I, th- I always say about 10 years ago, I think I knew about three out trans people under 25, give or take, um, and you know they'd come along to rainbow support groups, get a bit of support, but still very isolating. You know, Yes, there's some parallels between what... Um, people whose sexual orientation is other than heterosexual face, but it's not gender identity. And so to see now the amount of young people um, emerging and with the support of families is just mega, mega awesome. And, um, you know, I've got to say my highlight of this both Carnival and Pride March this year, the number of young trans people and young queer people overall um, with the support of families is just cathartic and, as I say, heartwarming. And just one of those um, people in the youth bracket, or, or who I'm defining roughly as under 30, is of course George, is Georgie Stone. And um, you know, Georgie's um, story um, sort of blows me away um, on so many levels. Um, you know, Georgie, um, when she was 10 years and nine months old, became the youngest person to be um, granted permission by a court to start puberty delaying processes. Um, it's now been revealed that um, Georgie um, fought to get rid of stage one blockers out of the courts um, um, to a, um, and that's a welcome move um, for what that, just to give the background on that, I think that's really important. If you get to puberty and that's where your distress of trans um, comes up because your sense of inner self is going one way, your body's going another, and I'm not saying that in a binary sense, um, you know, it's really difficult, and I do remember my own. 
um, and all of a sudden you need blockers. If you've then got to get a delay to the family court or perhaps pay more to get your case, I don't know, pushed up the list, I'm not a lawyer, um, really difficult. By getting rid of that process, it saved a lot of time, a lot of cost. It's not, re- it's not irreversible, so it doesn't need to be before the court legally. That much I do know. And so a fantastic win. And it just seemed last year in what was, of course, at times a very grim year for trans and gender diverse people and families and rainbow people overall, Georgie was this absolute shining beacon, um, you know, sort of um, light at the end of the tunnel. And so many things happened um, throughout the second half of the year. The fantastic story about a girl um, put on by Four Corners and Janine Cohn, who did a story about trans young people back at the end of 2014 for Four Corners called Being Me. Um, and, you know, just absolutely, um, and talking allies, I mean, there's a, a media ally if ever there was one on you, Janine. And that 2014 story, um, which particularly featured a young person in regional Victoria and their school principal was actually Four Corners, according to all reports, highest rating show of the year, even more than, say, political scandals or investigations, which I think is pretty heartwarming. Um, and so, yeah, Georgie and family, um, the fabulous um, family that she has, were on um, um, Australian Story in August 2016, as I say, in the middle of what was a, a grim year, all of a sudden, um, gosh, it's like that um, Warner Brothers cartoon, all of a sudden came a ray of hope. Um, well, we had it in Georgie Stone, and I think a highlight for me last year was the next morning on social media where um, someone said, wow, something to the effect of, wow, she's 16, as she was then, poised, intelligent, articulate, she could be a leader in anything. So, yeah, saviour of the world, not just trans and gender diverse people. But I think what this says is when you can get trans and gender diverse people off to a flying start, they can achieve things. I mean, look at the contrast between, say, Georgie and Lynn. Lynn having her career interrupted to transition and being fired and Georgie with the support of family and having to counter some degree of bullying at school, which was mentioned in that Australian story, can get through relatively, you know, without as, you know, with much less baggage, I think it's fair to say. And I, every time I meet Georgie, I'm just blown away. She's an, is an, I've heard her speak firsthand on many occasions and... You know, so many awards last year, of course, LGBTI Victorian of the Year, much deserved, um, very raccoon-eyed person I'm sitting talking at the moment who was at the um, L, um, Globe Awards. Um, you can, of course, get um, about a girl, I'm pretty sure it's, and being me, I've been YouTubed as well as on um, the ABC website. Um, and, of course, she's gone on and won other awards as well, other human rights awards. Um, she's just a total and utter legend, and of course, a tick to her family who are just such great allies. So it really is exciting to see these sorts of developments happen. And I know, you know, we felt really, you know, bruised last year by things like safe schools, um, plebiscite, and in the Victorian context, the um, sad, um, well, temporary defeat. That's how I'm going to see it of birth certificate reforms. Um, and also I think the way those reforms were attacked was pretty abysmal. But um, got to hand it to um, Georgie. Um, you know, when that comment came up on social media, I thought this is the vision we've been wanting, that trans people will be able to just get on with their lives, use all their potential, um, of course, in the words of 
um, to quote a male hero, sorry, on International Women's Day, to quote Batman, for good and not evil purposes, Robin. And, you know, Georgie gives a huge sense of hope um, that she has, um, you know, emerged so quickly. And, you know, it's just, it's a source of joy even just to meet her. It was only her first Pride March um, in 2017, which I was a bit surprised about. And um, I'm sure that she and so many others, parents and young trans people, had a good time. So really, really welcome to see. Um, so, yeah, contrasts of generations, but certainly awesome trans women to talk about on International um, Women's Day. Um, and um, um, very, very welcome. All right. Um, well, we've talked about advocacy talent. We've talked about IT. We've had the musical talent of Jade Starr. Well, someone else whose music is great, is, I haven't played this one in a while, I thought, I know, trans women on International Women's Day, the fabulous Ashley, um, who I will call Ashley Grumble because I just love that um, nickname and it kind of works. Um, so um, here's Ashley's um, fantastic acoustic um, guitar-based um, track, Sixth Sense. And definitely Ashley is an awesome trans woman with a sixth sense for music. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au and on demand out of the Pan's International Women's Day special with Sally. 3CR, 855am digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to the Out of the Pan International Women's Day special with Sally. And, well, um, do you feel all relaxed after that? I feel like I've just gone through a session of hypnotherapy or something. But that's the great musical skill that can calm you down of the fabulous Ashley, um, uh, Ashley Apple Crumble, as I was... I just I always love those sorts of names. Um, a fantastic trans musician. There's lots of them, um, of course, and trans performers. Um, you know, Jordan Raskopoulos um, of the Axis of Awesome, probably one of the more well-known um, trans artists in Australia. Um, others around the world, Laura Jane Grace, the punk rock singer. Um, many, many others um, as well. Um, all contributing. Their amazing art, but it was great to see as part of Midsummer a great range of trans and gender diverse people in many of the art exhibitions, including um, the one in relation to disability that the city of Brimbank hosted. Um, great to see trans women in the um, beautiful women exhibition in relation to breast cancer, um, in a way. So all contributing as part of the diversity of women on in their way. Well, it's very hard sometimes to be objective about who you like and who you don't like, but I'm going to give a little um, pre um, sort of woohoo to um, one of my favourite trans women, and that's Julie Peters, a pioneer in Victorian trans advocacy here in Australia, and um, was doing it in the 80s um, when we only just had those things. Remember fax machines? I think they were a sort of, I don't know, an, an early form of email. Um, you know, perhaps they're in a museum, but um, and then when Julie was way ahead of the crowd on internet and started emailing and stuff, and of course it's so easy nowadays to arrange things and get petitions rolling and all the rest. I forgot to mention, of course, one of Georgie Stone's great achievements um, is organising the petition to get stage two of the um, trans young people's hormones out of the family court. A little harder, I believe it will need a change to a piece of legislation um, which, of course, has got to go through Parliament. But there is at least broad in principle support 
and it could have happened last year if it wasn't for that damn democracy thing called an election. Um, seriously, um, there is support from across Parliament, Liberal, Labor, Greens, Independents such as Andrew Wilkie, Cathy McGowan, um, many others. And I'm pretty, I haven't um, found out about the Xenophon team, but of course, even with all of those, um, it would be enough. Um, but, um, yeah, coming back to Julie Peters, um, of course, a le- well, started, of course, legendary because um, for the um, TV trivia buffs, um, Julie in her, we'll say, main career in terms of um, television production, um, did so much work with Countdown in the 70s and 80s in terms of lighting. And then, of course, um, after transition, got involved in politics with the Australian Democrats. And Julie's told the story many times of um, how she was a bit worried that it was going to be a problem, that she was trans. The Democrats didn't care, of course. Um, People like gay man Chris Carter, um, the late Don Chip, of course, very, um, you know, just people-minded sort of people. Um, Was that hate? Keep the bastards honest, all that sort of thing. And it actually turned out, though, to be an advantage once, you know, in the 90s where trans people was um, sort of, you know, trans was still own, well, it's, of course, it's always been around, but there hadn't been a lot of discussion of it. Um, you know, for someone like Julie to rock along and be out there in politics, even though she didn't ever get elected anywhere, um, not through lack of trying, was pretty damn awesome. And, um, you know, the thing that I like about Julie, which again, showing some trans awesomeness, her diverse warped sense of humour, um, I think always made me chuckle. Um, you know, Julie um, talks about um, the time she was interviewed by a certain 3AW morning presenter. Um, I'm not mentioning Neil Mitchell's name, but it's public knowledge. And, um, you know, Neil, for some reason, you know, whatever you might say, talk about his style, for some reason he was flustered and said, so your lighting experience, was that in television or radio? Um, so it's not often someone gets the better of Neil. And the only other queer or queer and allied person I know to do it really well was the fabulous Nan McGregor of PFLAG who put him in his place. So um, on you, Julie, you're up there. But of course, a favourite um, incident um, of mine, which, I, gosh, I wish we had um, cameras in phones back in the late 90s. Um, I think they were just sort of probably had a big flashbulb or something at the time was at a 1998 Meet the Candidates meeting and Julie was representing the Democrats. And believe it or not, One Nation came along, this um, older presumer, I would say most likely cisgender male, um, and Julie got up to tell her story and she talks about it and she just said, well, so when I was an altar boy in the Catholic Church and this One Nation dude's face, I wish I had a camera. Her sense of humour, her humility is incredible. Um, you know, a great role model. And I've got to say personally for me, um, Julie Peters and another person who has managed to retire from advocacy, Kayleen White, I don't think I would be anywhere near where I would be without them, um, to be very personal. But they did provide a sense of groundedness and vision to the trans community, um, you know, did some of the many of the hard yards, um, um, built built alliances very early on, and as I say, where there wasn't the speed of electronic communication that made it so much easier, particularly for trans type of communities who can be very isolated. So really, really important um, to acknowledge a local pioneering advocate like Julie. Um, I do, of course, acknowledge Kayleen, but um, being quiet in our days, I won't um, you know, sort of talk too much without her permission. Um, but, um, yeah, her sense of humour, she recently did a huge thesis on um, some trans issues. 
Um, anyone who does a doctorate or a master's or a thesis gets a tick in my book for doing it. I don't care what the topic is. It's such a huge thing to do. Um, so a big um, wahoo for um, Julie. She really, in my opinion, is um, a great hero for our community in Victoria and I think you know, really um, sort of started building a bit of a legacy that we could build on and you know, helped make Melbourne and then later Victoria, I think, one of the, you know, we're not perfect, we all know of all the things we've got to do, but people like Julie, their awesomeness, their sense of humour, their many, many skills, um, you know, sort of give a sense of foundation and vision for our community as she did in when she was, you know, so prominent and now, you know, laying back doing her stuff um, in her way as she has every right to. So good on you to Julie Peters, another awesome trans woman to talk about on International Women's Day. All right. Um, well, trans people include of all sorts are increasingly parents and have a sense of compassion and nurturing. And while not a trans person, again, I always say to the best of my knowledge, but um, she's, of course, a wonderful singer, and that's Anne Kirkpatrick. Um, so all the trans people who are parents or to people, um, you know, whose parents are supportive of them being trans, I think I'm going to dedicate this song to all of you on International Women's Day and Kirkpatrick and many mothers from an album going way back now, um, interestingly called Cry Like a Man, which was um, released in 1997, I think it is. So, yeah, a bit of 90s for you in line with Julie. Uh, 3CR. 855amdigital3cr.org.au and on demand out of the Pan International Women's Day special with Sally. Yarra City Council is celebrating International Women's Day on the 8th of March with a week of community events and activities to highlight and recognise the achievements of women. Two key events are the presentation of the Inspirational Women of Yarra Award, Morning Tea and Awards Ceremony and Yarra's International Women's Day Business Luncheon. The Council is also hosting a range of exciting activities including women's panel discussions, art and photographic exhibitions, sombra and yoga classes, women's only swim session and mums and bubs story time. Check out yarracity.vic.gov.au or phone 9205555 for more information. City of Yarra is a 3CR supporter. Join the International Women's Day Rally on Wednesday the 8th of March at 5.30pm starting at Parliament House and finishing at Trades Hall for an after party. International Women's Day sparked the Russian Revolution 100 years ago and in honour and memory of our sisters then who took strike action over bread, we raised the demand, peace, bread and land. Join us for the IWD Rally on Wednesday, March the 8th at 5.30pm at Parliament House. Contact the women's team at Trades Hall for more details or visit unionwomen.org.au. The IWD Collective, Victoria Trades Hall Council and the Trades Hall women's team are 3CR supporters. Lots going on on this International Women's Day in 2017. Um, and you know, lots to keep working for, including for um, all sorts of diverse women. Had the honour um, a couple of weeks ago of being part of a roundtable hosted by the UN Special Rapporteur, Rapporteur Against 
for violence regarding violence against women, um, a difficult issue to talk, to talk about, of course, but um, got of course has to be. And great to see so many diverse people there. Yours truly representing Transgender Victoria and Bisexual Alliance. I think there is a huge, you know, if people even if people don't get the details, there's this, hey, well, okay, you might be a woman experiencing a disability and you might be of a multicultural or multi-faith background or Indigenous and you might be queer, but, hey, there's all, it's sort of, a lot of it is so much the same, the, di- the di- diminishing of the issues. Well, an awesome trans woman in Australian history to wrap up the show um, is the um, fabulous Carlotta, Carol Spencer. And I think it's important to note that because when you look at, um, for someone born in 1943 and in Balmain, um, well, as, as she was then, I suppose, if you're assigned male at birth, you're a Balmain boy, a bit like Paul Keating. Um, you can take can take Belle made out of the boy or something like that. Um, um, no, whatever it was. Anyway, um, I think it's important to mention um, Carlotta because, again, someone who gave visibility at a time when there was just virtually zero for trans people. And, you know, um, I always um, some people will say, well, hang on, she ended up doing um, drag type of stuff. As someone, a trans woman I've inter- um, interviewed many years ago said, you know, in the 70s, say, and 80s, you had two choices for work as a trans woman pretty much, and that was the parlours or the drag shows. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with either. It's about being forced into it when you don't want to that, of course, is a problem. If your skills and aptitudes lie elsewhere, what a waste, what a degree of stress that can create. As someone who, in terms of my work, was doing something that wasn't really me for a long time, I can tell you it's not pleasant. But Carlotta did it and did it well and, of course, then went on to be on Beauty and the Beast where her wit and eloquence um, you know, did such a great job and now, of course, um, is um, you know, quietly living life on the Gold Coast. But I think certainly in terms of visibility deserves a great mention. Um, of course, she was also in the soap opera number 96, um, The New Girlfriend of Arnold Feather, and um, played it herself. Now, we talk a lot about today about trans people playing trans roles, um, and um, she played a role of being a trans showgirl, um, and unfortunately the the character then left the show, um, and, um, you know, so... Um, and she was credited as Carol Lee, um, and, of course, yeah, she then went on to Beauty and the Beast, um, and she's now on a show called, um, was on the show that existed called Studio 10, which I think um, I don't watch a lot of daytime television or much TV at all, but I think it's had um, the proverbial axe. And of course, the Carlotta sort of biopic, um, as it's called, um, the telly movie based on her life, um, where she acted as a consultant, um, I thought um, um, that that was pretty cool. Um, a lot of people at the time found it very, very moving. Um, and, um, you know, so, um, the show that aired in June 2014 was the number 10 show of the night and got 800,000 viewers, which is no mean feat, um, as far as I'm aware on, um, free-to-air television. And I think a lot of people at the time, I remember people saying, gosh, this is almost too hard to watch because it was too realistic. It had the right balance of realism and the difficulties that trans and gender diverse people face, but it also was done respectfully and optimistically and showed Carlotta as, I think, the heroine that she is 
and is really, really important that we tell those stories. And I would put, have put it at the time as one of the best pieces of, I'll call it arts or fictional media I've seen at all, and certainly probably the best of its time from an Australian perspective. And um, although, um, so um, she did provide a lot of inspiration and visibility for a lot of people. And I mean, there's another amazing talent, as I say, with her skill and wit. And I don't know how realistic it's the the biopic was based on her life, but I've got to admit my favourite scene, dare I say, as an advocate from that was um, the part where she and a another colleague are in court because they dressing as women was considered something like offensive behavior and she stands up and says to the judge or magistrate or whoever it is well you're up there in your wig and gown how are you different to us uh case dismissed <laughs> gone yeah carlotta you rock um so so many awesome trans women and of course there's many many others out there i've um focused on some well-known ones huge credit of course to people like laverne cox who you know as a um, you know, in the, and Laverne's groundbreaking role in Orange in the New Black, Janet Mock, um, you know, and people from all over the world. But I, I think it's really important. I'll, I'll sort of end where I started in a way. Every trans woman, every trans and gender diverse person is awesome if they're just being themselves. And that is so important to provide that visibility and the contribution that trans women make to gender, despite what some people would say, Trans women are saying gender is not this very binary thing. It's not just um, assigned male at birth blokey blokes and assigned female at birth um, feminine females. Of course, it you know, there are 7 billion genders and trans and gender diverse people who use their uniqueness and skill um, and you know, who just being themselves are providing a way to a world that I think is going to celebrate gender diversity and have a decrease in negativity based on gender and, most importantly, oppression across genders. I think that's something to remember. It is, you know, there are a lot of males who are limited by gender stereotypes, to be fair. Um, But the thing that I think gets forgotten when we start talking about that is most of the negativity, of course, is against women and, I suppose you could say, proportionately in this day and age against people of non-binary genders and it is inflicted by an element of males. And we still need to work on that together. We need to find ways to do it together um, that are genuine and sincere and win-win. And let's keep working towards that. Well, thank you for listening to this International Women's Day special. So glad to be part of International Women's Day on 3CR. We all had some nice quiet music for the last couple of tracks. I'm going to take it out with the fab trans people of Mechanical Black. So um, you might want to maybe turn your volume down a bit, particularly if you're driving um, for Mechanical Black and their um, loudness from 2009, I think it is. Um, And, well... Um, as so many trans people are, reborn. Let's hope we have a rebirth um, or an ongoing birth of gender equity um, around the world. Thanks for tuning in to the International Women's Day special on Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you on Sundays.